Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tattooing Network. You must unlearn what you have learned. Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. John Archiquette. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Matt Turner. I'm not afraid. And Joshua Gray. You will be. What's going on, Outriders? John, Josh, and the uh, droid formerly known as Matt are uh, currently rocking it out here on your uh, weekly podcast. What's going on, Josh? Hi, John. Boy, it's really nice here having nobody else in the studio. (laughs) Studio. But you and me. Where's Matt? Matt? Matt, where are you? Hello. Hello. Come in. Can you hear me? (laughs) How's it going, guys? Hey, how's Disney, man? uh, I don't know. I I left about an hour ago to come back to the hotel and record. But uh, when I left, it was uh, doing well. Thank you. So tell Disney that you asked. (laughs) Why is it you sound nice and robotic right now? Did you actually like transform yourself into a droid? Yeah, no, I'm I'm cosplaying (laughs) HK47 tonight, so it's it's the uh, after dark, and I'm ready to eradicate flashbacks. Thank you. Yeah, you, I was going to say you are you are much much too nice to be HK forty seven, and it's meat bags, by the way. You're right. So let's start over. <laughs> so you so, made uh, you made the nice long trip down to uh, to Disneyland, right? Yeah, yeah, sure am. I'm here for the uh, the after dark thing that uh, we're going to get the jump on the uh, May fourth celebration. So very excited for that. So the wife is taking a little nap, and I'm doing some recording. Yeah, to all the listeners out there, I'm sure you're probably going to be downloading this either on May 4th or after. So if you're, uh, if you're hearing this now, may the 4th be with you. Absolutely. And Yay. may the 4th be with you and also with you. <laughs> now, Matt, I got one question for you real quick while you're out there at Disney. Just one and then I'm done? Uh, just one? Well, okay. no, no, no. no. <laughs> just regarding your, your visit to Disney. Uh, okay. how, many, how many AT-AT popcorn buckets have you got me? <laughs> That's what how I want many, to know. How many do you need, and can you uh, afford it? Yes, and yes. Okay. I'll definitely keep an eye out. I didn't see that. There's supposed to be a bunch of crazy swag going on and uh, promo stuff tonight, but uh, I, I don't know what it is yet. Yeah, oddly enough, there's a bunch of people that I've seen uh, online, Reddit, Facebook, yeah. that have said that the Disney ATAT popcorn buckets mm-hmm. – actually size well for Legion and make good terrain. So grab a couple so we can have some AT-ATs on our tables here. Yeah, I've seen like side by side where they took like the the Ravel model. Right. And actually it's the most scale appropriate. Yes. So Matt, you you may have a future in uh, black market trading of (laughs) AT-AT popcorn buckets. I'll get you as many buckets as you need as long as I keep all the popcorn. (laughs) Fair deal, man. That works for me. Uh, so what's the, the lineup for the festivities for the rest of the week? And uh, So tonight we're supposed to be getting some like special exclusive passes and whatnot that uh, allow us access to the zone, uh, to the special zone they're setting up. They were retooling uh, Space Mountain today, so there's supposed to be some special Star Wars themed. I know they used to do it like a hyperspace mountain, but then they redid it back to the old retro 60s Space Mountain style. So it'll be interesting interesting to see what they have for that. But there's going to be like a march of the uh, stormtroopers and uh, extra events and uh, just kind of be uh, and just staying open late. Uh, so we'll be able to get on that Indiana Jones ride as often as we want, I think. So are you, uh, are you dressing up? 
no, despite my robotic voice, uh, I was still trying to get the uh, wife to sign off on letting me get a set of the Stormtrooper armor they have for sale there in the launch pad. But uh, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe when the if the moment is right. Uh, How much is the Stormtrooper armor? Oh, I actually, it, I think it was something around seventeen hundred for the first order. Yeah. Is it is it five hundred first accurate? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it looks pretty good. It looks really good. But uh, the, the Vader set that they have out there looks really good. Also, it's got the multiple bar mask. But that's like three grand. Wow. Yeah. I probably I would probably still just show up my thirty dollar uh, Chewbacca onesie. <laughs> oh. Oh God. It's okay. Actually, that might they, not movie accurate. They 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 specifically said that onesies are okay tonight for people dressing up. But uh, oh, nice. <laughs> Oh, so we got our regular podcast as well going on today, folks. So it's not going to be just a live report from Disney. We're going to talk about the uh, the latest news, or was there latest news out of the Speaking hyperspace of report? Hyperspace, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. FFG Look, pulled the old rope. Hyperspace transmission. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We got uh, some news from the organized play set, and uh, well, organized play, not set, but <laughs> and then we're also going to talk about a. Uh, at least a recent sneak peek that we got at a uh, a product that uh, FFG may be launching pretty soon. And, of course, some tournament news, and we're going to talk about uh, the drop of the snowtroopers because it looks like some people are starting to get those snowtroopers on in, there. In Italy, of all places. Right? Yeah. I, I've, I've seen, like, three or four pi- pictures today. Hey, I'm in Italy, and my, my snowtroopers got here. Okay, I'm moving to Italy because apparently that's where... <laughs> FFG releases all of their stuff first. So, Josh, uh, since we're playing a tournament this weekend, are you going to drive to Italy tonight to go get your snowtroopers? No, because they're not. They they won't be. You know, they won't be. Uh, they're they're not. They're not tournament legal yet because they've got to be actually released to be tournament tournament legal, and they don't officially release until Tuesday. Matt, what's the verdict? Uh, you can tell that this is an American podcast because you recommended he drive to Italy. <laughs> Public school. Public school. <laughs> well, you see, U.S. Americans don't have maps. Where Sorry, we're going. A, yeah. Never mind. That's a that's a very old in- joke that, anyways. Uh, so we got a lot of cool stuff, like I said, to talk about in just a little bit. But right now, let's, uh, let's talk about some Star Wars news. Matt, you, uh, you had some news about the Star Wars uh, Forces of Destiny show? Yeah, apparently they're doing some more episodes. Uh, I need to get caught up on that. I've seen a few here and there. Some of them are very fun, but uh, they're all uh, web series kind of episodes on YouTube, but they're making some more with the next one debuting on May the 25th. So what is Forces of Destiny? So they're they're basically little cartoon shorts, like two to three minutes that uh, are kind of life and times out in the, uh, the small stories uh, of the uh, larger Star Wars universe. And they usually tend to focus on various things, uh, uh, different characters, like there was one for Sabine Wren, uh, Harris and Dula, and they kind of fill in the gaps uh, between the different uh, uh, stories that are the major uh, story arcs. Isn't there a toy line for that too, kind of like 12-inch uh, yeah, Barbie exactly. doll type thing? So that's, the, that's, that's it's, it's really neat that they're doing this because they're, they're kind of taking the Disney princess angle. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I don't, I don't even mean that as a joke. Yeah. They're kind of taking the Disney princess angle and using that to market Star Wars at, you know, preteen, uh, you know, eight-year-old girls, which is great. I mean, it, you, look at the, you look at the market of what Star Wars is, by and large, and it's overwhelmingly male. So. Sure. For Disney to go and have 
a toy line that caters Star Wars directly to, to girls, I think is a great thing. And I, I think that to say that the demographic, the typical demographic for Star Wars is just your typical, you know, 18 to 60 year old males is not exactly accurate anymore. So, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely, I, I know when I go, went to see the opening uh, of Last Jedi, there were a lot of women there of all ages. So, yeah, I mean, why not get, uh, get young girls into Star Wars? Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely been a push for that to have a more inclusive cast and all that stuff for all these different shows and movies coming up. I mean, hey, Jen and Ray. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, should be a pretty interesting show and we'll look forward to, to seeing more stuff on that. What are you, what are you seeing over there at, uh, at the Star Wars event in Disneyland? Are you seeing a lot of uh, families and stuff there? Oh, definitely. There's a lot yeah. of families out. Uh, they're going to be shutting down kind of part of the park at night, so it'll be interesting to see who kind of filters out uh, for the evening festivities. Uh, I know there's going to be a certain area that you have to have one of the access lanyards to get into, so we'll see how many people make the transition over. And I know they're 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 making, for lack of a better term, I don't know what they're calling it, Star Wars Land. There yes. at Disney. Are they mm-hmm. opening that this weekend? Or I thought that was like a no, 2019 no, no. opening or something. Yeah, that's still a ways out. I'm hoping okay. there might be some preview of it tonight. They're supposed to be previewing some solo stuff tonight, too, though. So I'm really Ooh. excited for that. Yeah. If uh, if Donald Glover's there, you need to make sure that uh, you get his autograph. Oh, as man. Lando, as Lando, though. Or yeah, Childish just check Campanile. the newspaper <laughs> clippings for tomorrow. Crazed Las Vegas resident attacks uh, local <laughs> Disney star. Because <laughs> you're, awesome, you're awesome, man. You're awesome. Just overly enthusiastic. How about that? <laughs> oh, that works for you. Um, do you think that there's any chance you'll uh, you'll see any FFG products out there? Ooh. Or is it pretty exclusively Probably. just to the Disney uh, stuff? Yeah, no, it's mostly their kind of stuff. I think the the biggest crossover I see is a lot of the pop figures and whatnot that. Uh, that Disney has in here, but most of it is fairly exclusive. They, they've got some of like the Black Series lines of figurines for those who like to collect those. So, and then they have some exclusive Disney uh, products. So it'll be interesting to see if, as part of May the Fourth, they bring in some of this stuff. Because uh, wasn't that what X Wing the the blue kit that came out a couple of years ago was that a May the Fourth or was that a Force no Friday? that was, that was a Force Friday thing. That was Force Friday. Um, okay. the... So they may, they may not. I'm not really expecting it though. Yeah, and you know, for for FFG, that's uh, they 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 set an expectation there when they did a surprise Force Friday core release, and then everybody last Force Friday was like, "All right, what you coming out with?" And then it was like nothing. <laughs> uh, the uh, two player starter set for Destiny. Yeah, uh, like nothing, I said, nothing. But no, yeah, okay, X Wing centric. <laughs> hey, this is a Legion podcast, sir. Okay, so nothing, period, as has ever released on Force Friday, then, as far as we're concerned. Yes. Well, I okay. feel like because <laughs> because the lack of uh, of news from FFG this week, we're probably going to divert a little bit from just strictly Legion talk. We'll probably bounce around topics a little bit. Has um, there been other news on FFG? <laughs> so, as I'm sure most people listening out there know, um, FFG has worlds going on right now. And... You know, Worlds is not just X-Wing, it's a number of different games. And how, how exactly did they word it going into it for their, you know, their big release news? For their, for their hyperspace report, basically what they said was, you know, join us on May the 1st for a special broadcast concerning FFG products. Okay. That is or it. Star, I'm sorry, Star Wars, Star Wars products. Yeah. 
And the word that they used was products, plural, multiple. Um, yeah, so... So you, you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be wrong to assume that would include games like Destiny, like Imperial Assault, and hopefully their new, you know, their new product, Legion? You'd think right. that, that would be yeah, one of their no, big focus, you, right? you absolutely would. And, you know, there's a lot of... And, a lot of folks, myself included, I was at work in the middle of doing something and I tuned in on my phone to the hyperspace report and about 20 minutes in, they were like, oh, this is just X-Wing? You know, and all the comments going up on Twitch is like, is there going to be Legion news? Is there going to be Armada news? And people are like, no, it's X-Wing only. You know, great for the X-Wing guys, but, you know, you put out a press release saying products, Yeah. you know, yeah. it's extremely... I don't want to say that it's misleading. Uh, I understand that they had a, a secret to protect. I get that. Yeah. Um, but man, you gotta you gotta do a better job of expectation management. Um, yeah, Madam, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you say something because I've got I got a lot that I gotta get <laughs> off my chest on this, and I don't want to rant without giving you guys a chance to say what you guys want to say first. Well, I appreciate it before you blow out our microphones and <laughs> earphones and everything with right? your craziness. But so the, all is not lost. Yeah, it was kind of disappointing. We were hoping to get some more information uh, for Legion. It sounds like they're going to be doing that uh, coming up at a new what what what's the big one coming up? That's uh, Gen Con. Gen Con, of course. Uh, they'll have some news there. But uh, there's some interesting approaches that they're taking now that they are starting to introduce to the company that is new that I think will trickle down to Legion, and they're very exciting for me. Such as? Can you talk about them? Oh, well, sure. I mean, the fact <laughs> so <laughs> let me expound. Uh the, the fact that they're moving a lot of the information that's going to be done for uh, X-Wing 2.0 is going to be uh, in app-based, basically. Uh, th there's a very powerful app that uh, Privateer Press uses called War Room that allows information to be updated regularly, and then you can go to the app, and whenever you play with it, you have these updated stats and rules. This means that they can have a much more proactive approach to tournament balance, uh, unit uh, strengths, and that they can make adjustments on the fly, and they have them all in one place. So the next time you load up the app, boom, all those updated rules are on the card of you know your Jack or your, in this case, your X-Wing or your Y-Wing, and hopefully eventually on Legion units. So you can see, oh, okay, you know, impact grenades are now six points or something, and they used to be five. But... Uh, it just uh, allows them to get away from the, uh, well, like what would ended up with Dengar, I guess, towards the uh, end here, where <laughs> it was a fact of a fact of a fact. And it's like, am I up to date? I, I Again, as a very casual X-Wing player that played once in a while, I never even wanted to touch the Jump Master because I had no idea what was going on with that thing. So if I can just go pull up my app and it's like, okay, here's the Jump Master. All right, well, that's what I'm playing with right now. Uh, and I, I, I foresee and hope a, the, a lot of that will tra translate down to Legion down the line. Now, do you, do you foresee that being a subscription-based app? Uh, is the War Room one So the War Room, it does charge you a couple bucks per faction, um, which actually leads me to the next thing I'm excited about. Uh, so I think it was like, so for the full War Machine game to have like all 10, 13 factions or whatever it was, it was like 80 bucks. And you got updated cards constantly and all that. They got to find a way to pay for the programmers doing the app, all that. Not sure. that big a deal. Whatever. I'm a collector of all those things. So that was okay to pay it. Uh, 
but uh, so going on to the next thing that so Fantasy Flight has now said that they're breaking out uh, First Order and Resistance into their own separate factions. They're not just going to be folded into Rebels and Empire. Wow. Okay, cool. So if they're already thinking about those guys as being separate, you know, faction leaders for for X-Wing, which is good because they've got several ships in the line, it definitely sets precedence. Hopefully down the line, we're going to see the, something like that come out with Legion. Yeah, and I don't think Legion can survive with just two two factions. I don't no, think so either. I, 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 think, I think six or seven is probably the sweet spot. And I think you can do that easily. You can do a general scum faction from the the, no. the classical <laughs> era, you know. Um, you can do you know Republic I want pirates, and droids. I want Mandalorians and right. then everything else from uh, there. Well, and I, and I think you those, know, those... then you do Resistance and First First Order, you know, yeah. and that that gets you seven. You know, you got the two prequel sides, you got the two sequel sides, and then you got three from the the classical era. I, I think seven. I think that's right around where this game needs to be. You're just angling yeah, for your Gungans again, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think as we see this game progressing, you know, one thing I think you probably complained about before with X-Wing is just the bloat with it. And I think if we if we get a staggered release pattern with this game, um, you know, don't rush in anything too quickly and allow the game to kind of develop organically and then bring in more factions, I think it'll probably work better. Um but you know, the, the things that we see happen with X-Wing, obviously it's a different game system, but I, I feel like those are that can kind of be the guinea pig for what works with Legion. Yeah, and, and you know everything I've seen about X-Wing 2.0 on the table looks great. Uh, I'm a big fan of... There's every, some you know, somebody, rules in there, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, f- introducing force powers for force-sensitive folks, the way they're changing kind of barrel rolls and actions, and, and now certain ships and pilots have certain actions that are kind of like a built-in push-the-limit um, force upgrades, I, I, kind of like in yeah, the, force upgrades, all that stuff. I think everything they're doing within the uh, the three by three mat in that game mm-hmm. is bang on right, uh, in my opinion. Um, but and and those things like you know those can be used to to transition how they they see the development of, of Legion and you know I, I'm not an X wing player like you are, but you know I, I guess I, I I look at that and I see okay these are promising things for development of other games. Yeah. No, but, and I think the big thing is they're finally making the jump to a new edition. That is It was needed. Huge. I mean, they, they it, needed totally it about a year and a half ago. And it's one of those kind of big boy miniature game companies, things that needs to happen uh, before the bloke gets completely out of, out of hand. Sometimes you just got to clear it all away and start fresh. So... Good on them for doing that. I'm excited, and uh, definitely, I hope whenever it's Legion's turn that uh, it'll, you know, be popular. But like, I think that's a big milestone in the development of a game because that can be kind of the make or break point with with whether you bring in new new players, whether you bring Absolutely. returning players, or whether you lose players. Um, I know with with what we saw with Warhammer, um, you know, with the new edition change because it, it changed so drastically. Oh yeah, you, know, you had people. You had people who had not played since you know third edition who decided to make the jump back into the game. So you know, with with X Wing, yeah, you might lose players now, but you might attract more players into it. And that's usually what happens with these. Uh, arguably, seventh edition Warhammer wasn't terribly popular, but uh, definitely making a change 
two new editions, you'll always lose people. Uh, the guys that were like, this this was my game. Sixth edition, yeah. seventh edition, that was my game. That was what I played. And I'm, I'm mad as hell, and I'm, I'm selling all my stuff on eBay. But usually if you do it right, you'll end up picking up new players that are like, oh, new edition. Okay, maybe I want to check this game out now. And that can be a tool to bring in new people to the community and all that kind of stuff. Well, and I was talking to a couple of folks out in the store uh, prior to coming back here and recording, and, you know, we were actually kind of surprised that the uh, that the response to X-Wing 2.0 has been outrageously positive, like overwhelmingly positive. And what we figured is that instead of losing people at the new edition, all of the people that were upset with the way X-Wing was going quit about a year and a half ago when they started yeah. doing like the super fact to the jump master and things like that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so that, that, that's kind of worked because you've already weeded them out and, and really only the only folks left are the hardest of the hardcore. Um, <laughs> so that's helped them a lot with, uh, with kind of the, uh, the reaction that they've got from X-Wing 2.0, which is good. And I think one point that that always kind of sticks with some gamers is what's the buy-in for second edition? What's what's going to be the additional cost factor? Because you know, with with some systems, like I know with Warhammer, what they'll do is they'll you know kind of rotate the functionality of a unit. You know, one unit might be overpowered in seventh edition. All of a sudden, it gets the nerf bat in eighth edition. Whereas a unit that nobody bought before all of a sudden becomes playable. So yeah. you see people going out and buying these new units, and that kind of Acts as the the rejuvenating source of income for right. Games Workshop. Yeah, what like how is that going to work with X Wing? Um, I mean, they're doing like uh, conversion kits for okay. all of the ships. There will be a new um, core set and then conversion kits for each of the existing factions. So the the buy in if you, if you buy one of each product, it's about a three hundred dollar investment for a, a veteran player, okay. which. I've got my own opinions on that, but like we said, <laughs> this isn't an X-Wing show. I don't want to go into the weeds and, and the minutia of, of X-Wing 2.0. I would say closer um, to $90, but uh, one one faction kit, one core set, and you're probably good enough to start playing games there. If you want well, Sure, to start playing games, but yeah. I mean, if you're somebody like me that's got, you know, uh, multiples of many ships in all of the factions... You know, you're going to want to play, you know... If you want to run your freaking 12 Z11 or whatever, Z95s, go ahead. No, I'm not not even talking about that, Matt. I'm talking about, I want to be able, as somebody who's invested a lot of money in all of these ships, I want to be able to play all of them. So, you know, the initial initial investment for me, I've Uh got to buy a core set. I've got to buy an Imperial conversion kit. I've got to buy a Rebel conversion kit. I've got to buy a Scum conversion kit. And then the the First Order and the Resistance ones will come down the road. But, you know, that investment right there up front, three conversion kits and a core set's almost $200. You know, and then it goes up to $300 when you put the other two in there. I, I think for a, 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 any addition change for any game, I think that's a significant investment to pass on to your veteran people that have been with you for years and years and years. John, I, I don't think thoughts? that's a great business strategy. <laughs> but FFG knows their audience and they know, just look at the reaction, everybody's going to pay it unless they were already on their way out the door. Well, I, I, like I said, I think that's how they handle their jump to second edition will you know, have a lot of implications for what we see with Legion 2.0, you know, if and when that happens. So, 
you know, while, you know, his complaints may be centered around X-Wing, I, I think it is, you know, it is relevant to, to what we might see later on in the future. And oh, yeah. uh, let's face it, X-Wing, X-Wing doesn't have as big of a buy-in price point as most tabletop miniature games. Oh, God, I mean, yeah. y- yes, yes, you could spend a lot of money on ships, and, you know, having to buy redundant ships just for the upgrade cards can be pricey, but when you're comparing it to things like Warhammer... It's you know it's it's a lot smaller of an it, initial investment. I, I like to think that it yeah it's two different kinds of investment, but the investment is about equal. You know, yeah. in, in Warhammer, I buy an army up front and I spend all that money up front and then I'm done. Yeah. You know, and then all I have to do is pay maintenance fees <laughs> essentially yeah. for the new additions as they come out. You know, with X-wing, there's been you know there's been they're getting ready to launch their 14th wave now mm-hmm. of ships. So every six months, it's an, an investment of at least, you know, maybe a hundred, a hundred and fifty dollars. You know, so what would you rather have? Would you rather have a game that you spend six hundred, seven hundred dollars up front, and then you're done, and then it's just you know you're a couple, done. maybe a hundred bucks for every three years, or would you rather have a game that it's a small investment up front, but if you're brand new and you got to catch up. Yeah, that's a significant investment, you know, for sure. But I'm looking at this from a business perspective where, you know, more companies are going to make money off of continual gradual purchases. Oh, yeah. Things like that. That's why, you know, as far as the video gaming world, you see more subscription games that are dominating the market because that's where you're making the money. And there's no sticker shock. Yeah. You know, I I looked at getting into 40K and I was like, Jesus, I've got to pay seven hundred dollars to get started in this yeah. game, right? To get to get to get good and to get right in this game, yep. you know, to to not be embarrassed and to not, you know, you, you and that's just for the plastic. That doesn't even count painting. Sure. And, and when you're and when yeah. you're looking at this from a you know a shareholder standpoint, who maybe not you know maybe doesn't understand war gaming, right. they're going to look at okay, why are our numbers, you know, trajectory going downwards? They're going to look at that and say, well. You know, why aren't people buying more things? Well, if people are buying things up front, that's you know the sales are going to spike and then drop off. So you need yeah. to have something that's going to keep them, you know, buying into the game. Right. Uh, actually, there was a really good discussion on this on the Facebook group last night, and our good friend Joe uh, Joe C. He was he had a good point on this, and it's like, listen, you know, Fancy Flight is investing. I don't, who go, who knows how many man hours doing this product? They're putting out the cardboard, doing all this. Yes, it's, it it costs money to pay these people to keep designing this game that everybody that is playing it hopefully loves and enjoys, and to keep it moving forward. Well, that costs money, so they can't just come out with you know free product. They got to pay those people somehow. Sure. Oh, and, yeah, that's absolutely absolutely. And I've, let's all you know kind of just be thankful that we aren't really paying an astronomical fee for for what we get with Star Wars Legion thus far. You know. Knock on wood, hopefully it stays that way, but it, yeah. it, it has been relatively, you know, reasonably priced. Well, yeah. I mean, if you've got uh, ATAT popcorn bucket money, you know, I assume you can cover <laughs> everything that comes up for this game. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've got two different sets of acrylic tokens money here. Okay, no. that's Ooh. the kind of oh, yeah. Man, Woo, look at look at we go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Josh getting all bougie over yeah, here. I know, right? All right. <laughs> Let's talk about the the actual hyperspace report. In and of itself. Okay. 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 This thing, it doesn't, it takes a lot to really make me unhappy. And like three days, two days after the fact, I'm still a little torked off about this. Um, <laughs> and, and so I think well. it's, a, 
I know. I, I think it's really important to kind of say up front that, you know, like, like all good media out there, you know, yes, we're fans of the game, but I think we kind of have a, a responsibility to uh, hold folks accountable when the time comes. Okay. Right? Um, you know, our, our at least I feel, uh, I don't just, un- unlike some podcasts for other games, uh, not even FFG properties, it's not my job to be, you know, FFG's sunshine pumper, right? <laughs> I don't think anyone would accuse you of being a sunshine pumper. No, I understand that. <laughs> but, you know, that's not that's not the role of a podcast. So I found the way that they structured the hyperspace report to be diplomatically very disappointing. Um, I don't want to necessarily say they intentionally misled people. They they had a secret that they wanted to kind of keep protected, mm-hmm. and and we could talk in a, in a minute about whether that was a secret that really needed protecting. But because mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't really think it was. Um, but for them to sit there and say multiple products will be talked about, and then to only talk about one line of games, I think is intentionally misleading and and where for as good as what and i just kind of said this with x-wing 2.0 x-wing 2.0 is very good on the mat yeah what ffg does on the mat and on the table is phenomenal yeah it's great yeah they're their game design studio maybe not so much exactly. a media studio <laughs> yeah but what they do outside of the game board needs a lot of help and and I'm gonna say that as 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 politely as I can. Um, Are you sending your resume do... this week or uh, actually? <laughs> hey, hey hey FFG, I've got a lot. I, I real world, I've got a lot of experience in you know mass media and stuff. So you know public relations. If you want some help, give me a call. I'll help you out. If you I mean, need a good enough for the Thunderbirds. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> we don't. I don't talk Derail. about myself that much here. Anyways, um, so. It's, it's telling that the best customer service that you get and the most community engagement that you get out of FFG comes from the game developers. You know, Alex Davey has been all on it, responding yeah. to emails, helping people out. If FFG had just a general, you know, answer line for rules questions, you, you wouldn't, I, I do not think you would have the amount of engagement that you have with the fan base. Frank Brooks from X-Wing is exactly the same way. Okay. You know, if you email him and you got a question, he's right there, gets you a concise answer, and it, it's, it's good. But man, they, from a public relations perspective, I look at what FFG does and I can't honestly tell you what they're thinking or what their strategy is. You know, I can look at any number of products out there and kind of tell you where they're going and why they do things from an advertisement, uh, social media, and, and community engagement perspective. FFG does a terrible job of, of expectation management of the community. And that's their job. That is a public relations shop's job. And if FFG has a public relations department, the fact that they didn't go 10 minutes after the the front page announcement that there was going to be a hyperspace report 
and on the Legion pages, and on the Legion Facebook pages, and on the Armada pages, and on the Destiny pages, everybody's going, what are we getting, man? Let's speculate. And you don't go and try and massage that message or interject somehow in those communities. You don't need a front page release on FFG.com. But what you do need is your public relations people as part of these communities, engaged in these communities to kind of maybe massage the message a little bit and maybe direct some of that wild speculation. FFG isn't responsible for what I think. That's, that's kind of my, this is my counterpoint to this. But if they see the, if they word it in a way that leads to rampant speculation, if, the, if FFG had come out and said, join us for this podcast, join us for this webcast on Twitch where we're going to talk about X-Wing, then there's no rampant speculation. But the way that they, the way that they postured it, especially considering the way they've postured previous announcements about product lines and things like that before is yes they are are they 100 responsible no did they plant the seed that then became something that it shouldn't have been absolutely and that's not something you do from a public relations perspective because as a pr pro if you're not looking at something like this and going, hey, gee, you know, the way we word this, everybody's going to think we're going to talk, be talking about Legion and Destiny and stuff. Ah, no, nah, no, they're not. Just It's fine. Just do it. Well, okay, you got to game plan that out and see what the potential uh, pitfalls of that communication uh, method and mode is. Okay, okay, let me play devil's advocate on yeah, this real yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, come on, John. Bring it on home. <laughs> Well, first of all, I, let me just preface this by saying that I don't have the experience of FFG that you do, so I don't necessarily know what their working model has always been. Uh, going into this, though, I don't know if it's the fact that we're disappointed because they misled us, or do we need to do a better job of tempering our expectations? Because from what I from what I understand from this, they said that we have exciting news about upcoming products, mm -hmm. correct? So they didn't say specifically, look, we've got a lot more Legion stuff coming out. They said we Star Wars products. Star Wars products, which could be Legion, it could be you know Imperial Assault, could be Destiny, could be X-Wing, number of products. Maybe in their development team, they had a guy hammering out their Thrawn and Death Troopers. Maybe that's going on right now, okay? But they saw the huge backlash from, oh, look at that ugly Han. That's a terrible sculpt. <laughs> Why are we not having better paint jobs on these Rebel Troopers? It's your fault. No, yeah. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that Before people, the they, they release power. news, and it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's like, okay, this product's not quite ready. It's not studio. It's not, you know, showcase quality yet, so we can't release this yet. So by being intentionally vague and just saying, Star Wars products, they let us come up with our own expectations on things, and if you were disappointed by it because your expectations were too high, maybe don't set your high expectations. You know, for, for, Expect nothing. For, awesome. for, for somebody who grew up being a Browns fan, you should be used to that already. <laughs> they were probably okay. going to have a let big me, reveal me, for Jedi Temple mats or something. Yeah. It just got let me, <gasps> let me counterpoint your counterpoint, okay? If I'm a public relations professional and then I see these things starting to go away, I'm going to go to the guy that's organizing this hyperspace report and go, hey, stuff's getting out of hand. Are you guys ready to, to kind of reveal those Imperial uh, Special Forces and, the, and, and you know, are you, the, the, the Hound counterpart? Oh, you guys are? Well, do you mind if we just throw something at the end of the hyperspace report so that, you know, we, we're th throw us a bone, okay. right? You know, yeah, that's, that's because fair. that's what a public relations person is supposed to do. That's what a community manager is supposed to do. You know, hey, we kind of stepped in it. 
and said Star Wars products. Throw us a freaking five here. Exactly. The other five properties that we, that we, the, the fans of those properties, including some properties that really get shafted by FFG when it comes to news and attention, Armada. Um, <laughs> they you know, know who you're talking about, about. that. <laughs> What's that? They know who you were talking about. <laughs> exactly. But it's, you know, I, I like to throw our, our Armada friends, uh, you know, a little shout out every now and then. I know. It doesn't cost much to say, hey, this hour-long event just became an hour and a half because we're going to, you know, we're going to... And it's not like they didn't have this stuff. The The week before the hyperspace report, they announced a new expansion and a bunch of other packs for Imperial Assault. What is the harm in holding that and putting it in the hyperspace report? Nothing. Because then they get people complaining on podcasts about how they went a week without news. Ah, you know, <laughs> but Imperial Assault is also kind of one of those underserved games. Yeah, you know, I, I, it's X-Wing all the way up here, yeah. and then kind of Legion and Destiny are here, and then down down at the at the basement is is Imperial Assault and uh, Armada. I'm well, maybe they wanted the to be able to give shares kind of look like for that because maybe when they're saying. Uh, Star Wars, you know, products. They're just assuming the ninety-eight percent of their sales that go to X-wing. That's what just everybody else will assume. And that could very well be true. And you know, maybe that they would be better served by just not making any preview at all. If that's yeah. if that's the if that's the working model, you know, Games Workshop they'll go into you know they're, they're going to have their big Warhammer Fest, and they might not give out any news until that happens. Yeah. Right. And then they have like a big PowerPoint presentation. They show everything that's coming out, and then it's like, oh my god, everyone's mind's blown. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think that it's unreasonable for the community to look at multiple products, and then and then it's only for one title. I mean, Matt, you own a game store, mm-hmm. obviously. obviously. If I came to you as a rep from a from a game company, just a rep from a game company, and said, "Hey, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to pitch you some very exciting products." from our game lines. What are you expecting? You know, hey, we have this property that we have five games. I'm going to come in here and pitch you some exciting products. And if I walk in and I've only got products for one game, what are you going to think? That's uh, honestly products. No, usually if they, I mean, if they were to come in cold like that and say, hey, check this out, it would be their bestsellers line of whatever it is. Uh, even GW, you know, who obviously sells mostly 40K stuff, they at least mention, you know, Warhammer Underworlds or, or uh, the Shadespire stuff or uh, Age of Sigmar, all that stuff. They'll, they'll put it in there. They'll mostly focus on the 40K. But I get exactly what you're saying in that uh they honestly should have just said, okay, exciting X-Wing news. That's it. And, and here's the thing. Exciting X-Wing news. The entire community is going to go X-Wing 2.0. Does that lessen the excitement for when the announcement is actually made if there's two weeks of speculation that, hey, we're getting X-Wing 2.0? Absolutely not. No. Not at all. It's not even a secret worth protecting. <laughs> There were already people speculating that we were going to get X-Wing 2.0, even with them protecting the secret. I, you know, I mean, there, there was a, a, a picture I saw on one of the, the Star Wars, uh, the X-Wing meme sites on Facebook, and it says, it said, me right now, and it had a picture of two folders on his desktop, and it said, X-Wing 2.0 memes, not X-Wing 2.0 memes. <laughs> and that was before the hyperspace report. So... The expectation was out there that we were getting X-Wing 2.0 in this announcement. 
So why protect it at all? Why go through all of the rigmarole to to keep it secret when you have a fan base that is going to throw their money at you regardless of if the secret gets spoiled two weeks in advance or not? Well. And is that worth torquing off all of the other fans of all of the other games? I don't think it is. And, you know, talking about this on Facebook with some other folks, one guy said, well, hey, that's just FFG. And I'm like, yeah, as an X-Wing player, I get it. That's FFG. But, Matt, you've talked about it. There's a ton of folks coming into Legion Mm -hmm. from Warhammer, from War Machines, from a bunch of other companies that have no experience with FFG, and this is their first look at how FFG operates. Oh, cool, I'm really into this Legion game. I'm going to tune into this thing. I mean, I saw people on the Twitch stream saying they took off work to watch this thing because they wanted to see Armada news. Now, yeah, maybe that's a little extreme, you know, and I, I'm giving you the most extreme case here. But when you go as, as a company, when you go and, and, and do that kind of thing, it has real consequences for people. You can't do that. It, it's, it's not operating in good faith as a company in a business public relations aspect. Let's be real here, though. Are you really a gamer if you don't have, and you're, are you really a game company if you don't have a love-hate relationship with your customers? <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like that's the mark of, like, hey, we made it as a game company. I mean, I, I, I've said it before on the show. I consider FFG my frenemy. Yeah. And this is exactly why. You know, there are game companies out there that I think are absolutely awesome. You know, some computer games. I mean, FFG, for what they put on the table, okay. is the best experiences I've ever had in gaming. And that is an unqualified gaming. Board games, card games, video games, consoles, you name it. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> the best experiences yeah. I've ever had in gaming. Okay. But I've got to wade through a bunch of poor community management BS to get there. And it shouldn't be that way. All they have to do is go hire some competent PR people that understand how to put together a marketing strategy. Their marketing strategy is everybody loves us so we can do whatever we want. <laughs> it is. That's the, that's the adage I live by every day. Yeah. All right, honestly, we're going we're gonna to take a quick yeah. – go ahead, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, just to wrap up, and honestly, there's probably a, a great percentage of the population that tuned in and said, oh, they didn't talk about you know Armada. Oh, well. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I went about my day, so <laughs> I lived. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna take a quick break here and come back with some more news. We're gonna talk about a uh, product that's just been uh, kind of sneak peek that we'll have a fairly exclusive uh, look at. One second. Tune in every Wednesday to Radio Free Tatooine, a Star Wars podcast that's better than some and worse than others. Take a trip to a water cooler far, far away as we bring some casual, fun conversation into the Star Wars podcasting community. Hosted by me, Sean, my sister Amy, and John. Radio Free Tattooing. We may not know what we're talking about, but we sure know how to record it. For more, visit RadioFreeTattooing.com, a proud member of the Radio Free Tattooing Podcast Network. You're listening to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tattooing Network, recorded on location at Power 9 Games. Whether you're looking for the latest releases from Legion, X-Wing, 40K, Magic, or any of our other extensive inventory of board and card games, head to Power9Games.com and use coupon code OUTRIDER10 to get 10% off your order. Plus, shipping is free on orders over $100. Now, back to the Outriders. 
All right, uh, Riders, we are back. And it's uh, just Josh and I now. Matt, uh, I don't know, I think he got hit with a restraining, droid restraining bolt or what? He had to go ride the Matterhorn. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. <laughs> so we got a few more things to talk about today. Um, now, one of our, our loyal listeners shot us a... Uh, a spy a sp- picture. A spy picture. Yeah, you got all paparazzi with it. Right. Uh, what did what did we uh, what did we see in that photo? So it's just a bunch of boxes on the other side of a window, and but it says Legion Playmat Jedi Temple. So new playmat. That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, all of the boxes, the way they were stacked up, they all just said Jedi <laughs> Temple. So you know, if you go out by FFG's previous release of the the two desert playmats. Yeah. There's an accompanying playmat out there somewhere that we haven't seen yet. Um, but, I mean, my guess, my conjecture here, since it's a Jedi temple, and most of the Jedi temples we've seen in Star Wars have been in very lush places, yeah. that we're getting, you know, the, the, we've got our desert kind of playmat, mountain, craggy, you know, canyon playmat. Something like Dantooine or something like right, that? Right, yeah. This is going to be our, you know, or Yavin 4, yeah. you know, because that was a, well, it was a Sith temple, I think it was, but... It was a temple, anyways. Yeah. That they were their operations center was in. So this is our green playmat, and I'm sure there's a hoth playmat or a snow playmat uh, on the way. But you never know. It, it might be more of like a I don't know, like a ruined temple kind of like appearance. Maybe maybe, they, maybe yeah. some kind of you know tiles and stuff like that. It's, it sounds cool. We haven't seen anything yet. Um, the one hope that I have, and I'm sure you probably share this sentiment, is I really hope they keep it two dimensional. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not holding out too much hope for that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the important thing about this is, is you know, usually FFG announces a product and then on their site it goes from at the printer, which is in China, yeah. to on the boat, to when it's in America, shipping now. These are in Minnesota. Yeah. Boxes and boxes and boxes of them. And that's in Minnesota. And that's not in China for, Which for the geographically challenged. Yes. I mean, we <laughs> for, can't for drive. The people, for the people who think they can drive to Italy from, from Las Vegas. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So, you know, we've got we've got cool stuff coming. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's exciting. That's exciting. That's one of our, our release every month. Well, here you go. Here's one of your releases every month. Yeah. So. That wasn't exactly given to us by FFG, but right. Yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll get some pictures out so we can see what that's going to look like, and you know that that might change the way some people want to do their bases for their models. We right, be able to get some cool, uh, you know, rubble ruined temple uh, bases or you know yeah. grass bases, whatever yeah. works. Some, some, something besides Tatooine and uh, and Endor, because that seems to be right. what everyone's doing. Yeah. Off. yeah, and we, as far as we know, there's no there's no temples on Endor. <laughs> you know, coffee bean factories, sure, yeah, but uh, <laughs> temples, no. So we got we saw that news, and um, one of the other big things we had was the organized play um, news. So FFG, That's big, yeah, a couple days ago released the uh, lead your troops. Was it the uh, lead your troops to victory? Was the uh, the headline and uh yeah what are the news that we're looking out for that so and this is really and and this was part of the hyperspace report also um as as this concerns x-wing the the organized organized play side of x-wing yeah but ffg is doing it looks like a top to bottom relook of how they do the organized competitive scene you know because there's there's organized play where it's just oh we get together and play in the store and it's just yay we're having fun and then there's the I'm out for blood. I'm your Huckleberry uh, scene of uh, of competitive play. Um, so so FFG is completely redoing from top to bottom their their competitive play. 
it used to be the way it ran is you had kind of feeder tournaments. Um, you had a store championship. Open, open tournament. Anybody yeah. could come and sign up. If you won a store championship, that got you a first round buy at a regional championship of your choice. Okay. First round buy means you, you get a win for your first match, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a two hundred to nothing win. I, I believe it was two. I, I believe it was two hundred nothing. So maximum points. Maximum points okay. for X wing, and I'm talking X wing here. Sure. Um, so you got maximum max points victory. You're you're a step ahead. Uh, up of uh, of everybody else, and that's kind of your reward for winning uh, a store championship. If you won a regional championship, that got you a first round buy at national championships, and then if you won national championships, that got you a first round buy at world. Um, you know, and there were multiple national championships around the world. There's one in Canada. There's one in the United States. There's Belgium in Europe, um, a bunch of places. Um, about two years ago, FFG introduced what in X-Wing what they call system opens. And the system opens were kind of like if you think about massive conventions that don't feed into that, that, that feeder structure. Because okay. they're too big for a regional, but they're, they're either small. They're, they're not a, you can only have one nationals, right? Sure, And yeah. Worlds is always at FFG's facility in Minnesota. So you're looking at things like Gen Con, like Gen LVO. Con, Nova Open, LVO, all of those kind of things. Um, you know, too big for regionals, but, you know, you can only have one nationals. So they started having these system opens that were major tournaments but kind of side events outside of the normal store regional national world's structure um so what they did is they had all of these they they had like eight system opens for x-wing and then the winners were invited and had all expenses paid to go to minnesota to play in what was called the Coruscant Open, which was kind of like a, a Grand Nationals kind of thing. Worlds, but not worlds, for lack of a better term. And this was on FFG, like they would actually pay for Yeah, that. this was on FFG. Um, and it's worth noting that like the system opens, like regional championships, you know, they're happening in local stores. So, you know, attendance was capped at like 120 people. Usually you got 80, depending on where it was and travel time and stuff like that. Some of these system opens had like 200, 250 people show up to them. Okay. I mean, it's you bring your A game, yeah, pack right. a lunch, you know. Um, and, you know, they would do a first day cut and then you would play what was essentially a whole nother regional type, you know, because usually you play six games at a regional, yeah. right? Um, because based off of the amount of people you have determines how many, how many games you play. So you'd play six games at a regional and then you would cut to top 16. You know, system opens, they were playing like six games, and then you would have to play like another four games just to make the cut because that's how many people they had to winnow down. So, what they've done now for Legion is they first announced it for Legion, and then they announced it for X Wing as part of the X Wing 2.0 thing. Mm-hmm. So, now what they're doing is they are having a, a kind of a blend of the old system and the new. So now they're going to have, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the, uh, let me scroll down the article here. Sorry. That, it, it, this is, I'm unprepared. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what they have is they're having rally point qualifiers. And the rally point qualifiers, uh, from what it sounds like and what we can, we can get from the article, are generally going to be like your regional events. So if you win a rally point qualifier, you are going to go 
to what is called, um, you are going to, it sounds like you're going to get an invite to what is essentially going to be a big tournament at Gen Con. Okay. Outside, uh, independent of those rally point qualifiers, they're going to have what they call maximum firepower qualifiers. And those are going to be events on the scale of the system open. Okay. Uh, you, you're gotcha. going to have system opens all the way around. After you, after the rally point and the maximum firepower qualifiers, all of these people are going to be funneled into what they call the high command invitational at Adepticon. This is going to be a huge tournament. Invite only from what it sounds like. You're not going to be able to just sign up. Like Worlds that's going on in Minnesota right now for X-Wing, mm -hmm. they have a lottery system. You know, you've got people that got buys to get in there. But the rest of the spots are first come, first serve. Well, not first come, first serve because they get such a, an amount of people that want to be part of it. It's, it ends up being a lottery. So it's, it's like half, half their people earned their way there. And then the other half, it's like, it's like a, a grand melee. It's, it's dark horses. It's, you know, hey, maybe you had a bad run of regionals and you didn't get, uh, you didn't get uh, a buy, but you're still there and you're still competing. So where this is a change now is the top eight at this high command invitational at Adepticon will then get an invite, all expense paid, like the system opens, yep. to Worlds at, uh, in Minnesota. And this is held the same time as X-Wing Worlds, or this is a completely separate event? It sounds like it's going to be the exact same way, exact same time as X-Wing. And X-Wing is going to this kind of a system, too, where... Mm -hmm. There's going to be a bunch of feeder tournaments to this event at Adepticon, and then the top eight from that will then go to Worlds. So Worlds are now going to be invite only, which is a big change compared to how they've done X-Wing in the past. And, and there are other properties, too. You know, if you could get a ticket through the lottery to the X-Wing, X-Wing, Destiny, Imperial Assault, Armada, Worlds, you could play. It didn't matter how good you were. You could have picked the game up yesterday, but if you got in with the lottery, you were in. Now it's invite only. It's cool because it's invite only. You're right. It, it brings some prestige to it. Yeah. The issue that I, I, I kind of see is now if I want to, no kidding, invest in being world champion in Legion or X-Wing, I've got to not only win a regional, which is cool, uh, but now I have to travel to Adepticon. You know, and these are worldwide games. And you're, you know? this isn't being sponsored. This, this is all on your sponsored. own. Dime. This is on your ticket. So only the worlds is going to be correct. Okay. So if I'm a player, if I'm a Legion player, one of our listeners in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> hello, Mr. Putin. I think there's more than one now. Yeah, I think there is. I think we've got like 17 downloads from Russia. But you know, Australia. Australia is one of, as far as our numbers, is one of our biggest international. Yeah, they, markets. they have a dedicated. They have a very dedicated community. board gaming group yeah. down there. You know. So now, if I'm in Australia, which is a pain in the ass to get to America from, oh yeah, sure, yeah, a pain, and it's like a 17-hour flight. It's to the to the to the to the West Coast. Yeah. Not to mention Minnesota. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Um, so now, if I'm an Australian player, I've got to go to Adepticon on my own dime, vacation time, work time off work, whatever, on my own dime, and then if I qualify for Worlds, I got to go back to Australia. And I gotta live my life, and then I gotta get time off of work or whatever life again to fly all the way to Minnesota. Uh, it, it basically is now closed the competitive scene to North America only, unless you just got a ton of money and a ton of time. 
Well, <laughs> it's it's an expensive hobby, you know, things uh, like yeah, that will, will is, definitely but... add up. Uh, but it's it's no different than if you're playing, if you're a competitive skier, get sponsorships. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you have a friendly sure. local game store okay. who's going to sponsor you. Yes. I, I'm just throwing that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, it's not like, I mean, if you want to talk sponsorships, who's going to do sponsorships? You know, if I'm skiing, I'm sponsored by a ski maker, right? Yeah, you get the, you know? people, people who make, uh, you know, the nice plastic. Uh, the wonderful folks at Curled Paw Creative <laughs> aren't paying people to fly from Australia here <laughs> to play legion it's not happening they're a great company good stuff good product they ain't got that kind of money no it, it's going to be something that's going to definitely be a financial investment to, to anybody who wants to try to make those trips but i i don't think i'm a good enough player to to, to warrant even worrying about that at the moment but <laughs> we'll see in the future um in the meantime though we've got uh you know local tournaments and stuff that keep us occupied and Absolutely. this weekend we're gonna actually have our our first doubles tournament here yeah man and uh you and i are gonna do a little uh, Imperial and Rebel team-up action. It's like Iron Eagle 2, man. Right. It's like Iron Eagle 2. <laughs> it's the second time we referenced Lewis Goss in here. <laughs> it's like the most Lewis Goss has ever been talked about <laughs> since the 1980s. Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, so we're, we're, uh, we're teaming up, and we're, it's going to be a eight, uh, 1,600 points, so 800 points per side. Um, I, I think we've got a good... 8 to 12 teams already signed up so mm-hmm. yeah, it should, should be a good turnout and yeah. we're looking forward to that but what do we what do we think strategy wise for this well i mean you got the best of both worlds here you yeah. know you got you got rebels who have z6s throw lots of dice <laughs> you have luke who's you know a good pocket jedi See, it, my my list is already pretty much set because yeah. I've been running the same. I've had pretty good success with the three ATRTs and and five you know five troops with Luke. Right. Uh, but you have the Imperial side on this, and you've got some options to work. Yeah, with. I'm, I'm I'm busting out Veers. I mean, I don't think there's uh, I don't think there's a reason to have two Jedi's on the board. Um, okay. Especially Grand Army, you're playing on a six by four mat with yep. uh, the movement limitations that we have with uh, Papa Vader. So um, I'm going Veers. Um, I'm bringing more troops and more bikes and some other stuff. I don't want to give out too much, but what I will say and what I like about this list is even Veers, when you count maximum firepower, every unit has anti-armor capabilities yeah. in some way, shape, or form. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So <laughs> some of them are big, some of them are not, but with armor being what it is in the game, between ATRTs, speeders, and ATSTs, um, yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see, and we haven't played a Grand Army yet, our battle yet, but you have essentially double the number of models on the table, and mm-hmm. you don't have double the space. Really, that no. that six inches on each side will become negligible as the forces push towards each other. Right. So it's going to be a more crowded battlefield. And you don't have double the orders to assign. Exactly, uh, yeah. You, you're still limited to you know a three-pip card, so we're going to have... You know, possibly you know, eighteen units on the board, and we can only issue orders to three of them. Yep. So that's going to be that's going to be, I think, our biggest challenge is you know, movement orders and where we're moving, who, when, and who we're issuing orders to, and stuff like that. And so, I, I think that's something that's going to be interesting with uh, the pregame because building your command hand is going to become a a more strategic thing right. going into this because. Yep. I've never had a situation where I had access to the Imperial, you know, right. command cards. Yeah. Uh, well, and what's going to be interesting is if you're doing, uh, and I don't know if our TO, if we just, you know, we hung up on him, so <laughs> we, we can't really, we can't really ask. But 
you know, we, we've, the rules state you can only have one copy of each card. Well, yeah. what if I've got a double Luke list or a double Vader list? Well, that's or the a thing. double Veers list. You Do don't. I only get one copy? Of Veers' card, even though I've got two Lukes on the board. Well, I, I did ask the question earlier. And, oh, did you? Yeah. And okay. You're allowed to have two as long as you don't have more than two of each pip. So you know, can't have more than one sure. one pip card. Can't have more than two. More, I'm sorry. Can't have more than two one pip cards. Okay. Can't have more but than two. But you can two, have two, two Sun Skywalkers. Exactly. Oh balls. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if, if there were two Rebel players, because you don't have any other option right. than running Luke as a commander. Yeah. So it'll uh, it'll be something that we'll have to you know. See how it plays out, and we'll give you guys the the full rundown of the results. You know, see how bad we get our butts kicked, <laughs> or if we take the whole thing. Oh, yeah, or that too. Be first charge of the Outriders. It'll be nice. It'll be fun. <laughs> well, folks, that'll pretty much wrap it up for today's show. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll be back next week with uh, hopefully some more snow trooper talk. Yeah, snow troopers. We said we were going to talk about snow troopers, and we never did. Well, we we talked about the fact that they're in Italy. <laughs> this <laughs> That's is about true. it. This is true. Um, I mean, since we haven't really had a chance to, to actually put our hands on the models, we, we aren't really, we have no room to speculate on that yet. Some of the paint jobs we've seen, though, so far have been pretty cool. Been really good, yeah. Yeah, and actually, I think next week, because we didn't really do a, a hobby segment this week, because we were, you know, talking about uh, Disney and all that stuff. But yeah. next week, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll del- delve into, you know, the differences between how to paint a snowtrooper and how to paint a stormtrooper, because I think some folks will probably be I have no idea that. what I'm going to do. Well, there you None. go. Tune in I next week. Have, I still have snow, stormtroopers and bikes to paint. Well, it doesn't help that you live in Las Vegas. You don't know <laughs> what snow too. is anyway. Right. <laughs> hey, I'm from the Midwest. I know what snow is. Uh, we, we all are. Yeah. Well, no, never mind. Matt's Mostly, not. Matt's yeah. from California. Yeah, whatever. All right, folks, that's our show for this week. Just want to remind you that the Legion Outrider podcast is brought to you by the Radio Free Tatooine Network, a podcast network that's better than some and worse than others. To see the full lineup of shows, head to RadioFreeTatooine.com. See you next week, Outriders. You've been listening to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tatooine Network. At the end, do you understand? For more from the Outriders, make sure you like us on Twitter at Legion Outriders, subscribe to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Legion Outriders, and make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home.